today. I've asked my son Joshua to come and preach. It's interesting. I just heard that Matthew's preaching at his church. Joshua's preaching here. That means Michael feels left out. We couldn't find Michael at church today. So sorry, Mikey. So <laughs> he's going to kill me. He has a concussion. He's healing from a concussion, so he couldn't do it anyway. But anyway. Uh, from his car accident. But anyway, uh, Josh is, uh, I've asked him to do a special sermon. I said, Josh, it's good that you do this one because if they get mad at you, you're not going to be here next week. So I want him to do this one. So Josh, come on up. Come on up. <laughs> on, the fa- on the farm, my dad gave all of us, the, the sons, the dirty job. We had to clean the chicken coop, clamp up in the silo and do the haylage when it smelled silage. It was horrible. Haylage, silage, either one. So he gets the dirty job just like I got in the farm. All right. So let me pray for you. Yeah. Father, we thank you for uh, everyone who would be here today and is out there watching somewhere. We just pray that your Holy Spirit would speak through your word now and you would empower Josh to, uh, to share your word. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, yeah, so he did ask me to preach on a specific passage. Um, I have been preaching through the book of Hebrews at my church, and he asked me specifically for just two verses out of the book of Hebrews, okay? So I'm just going to read them for you real quick, and then you might know why he calls it the dirty job, because um, when he told me to to pick these two, I'm like, oh, geez. Um, (laughs) All right, well, let's just read them, and then we'll find out. Uh, It's Hebrews chapter 10, uh, verses 24 and 25. I realize now that I'm standing here that I've brought my wrong Bible. I know, do you guys use NIV here? I'll just, I'll just read it off the screen. How about that? Okay. Um, okay, so the verse goes like this. And let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So that's the passage that we're going to be going over today. Now, if the pastor asks you to preach on this passage, what do you think the pastor is trying to communicate to you as the, as the preacher? What is he trying to communicate about the congregation? What do you guys think? We need to meet together, right? We need to meet together and in person, in person. Yeah, okay. So you guys are already on, on the trail here, okay? So maybe you're kind of getting the vibe of what this sermon is going to be about, okay? Okay, so who here uh, watched the, the Super Bowl? The, who, just raise your hand, raise a hand. How many of you guys watched it on TV? Raise your hand. How many went in person? Probably none, right? Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, so everyone watched it. Uh, on TV, okay? Now, when you're watching something on TV, is it quite the same as when you go in person? No. no. And why not? Why, why is it different? Yeah, you're not among the crowd. It's a lot cheaper, that's for sure. It's a lot cheaper. It's a lot cheaper. Uh, yeah, so you're not in the crowd. Have you ever, like, watched a concert on YouTube or something like that, watch the concert online, right? When you're watching it online, like, okay, you're hearing it and you're seeing it, but you're missing, like, this huge thing. And and I think that this thing is so prominent, especially in, like, concerts, right? Because when you go to a concert live, if you've ever been to one, right, you know that being there live is so much better because 
for some reason, it's the getting together with a whole crowd and experiencing it together. And then also the energy, right? There's just an energy of being there live and all of your attention is on the concert, right? Because if you're watching like a concert on YouTube, you know, maybe you're like playing a game on your phone or maybe you're like vacuuming or something, right? It's different, right? You're not quite in, you're not quite in the experience, quite like actually being there. So that's what it's like. I think, personally, when you watch something online. Now, we are just called, right here in the passage, we're called to meet together. So if you were watching something like a church service on Zoom or live stream, whatever it is, when you're watching it online, do you think that it's the same experience as coming together? No, No, right, no. I think no, too. Now, you guys may say, Josh, you might be a little bit of a hypocrite here because I watch the New Hope service online every morning on Sundays, right? But there's a difference, right? There's kind of a difference between me and you guys. One, because it's my dad. No, um, no. And the, the main difference is, is because I have my own church that I'm going to later in the day. So if you've ever had to pack up little kids twice to go to church uh, twice in a day, you realize that that's quite difficult. So, so there's a bit of a difference, right? I, I watch it online every morning, or sometimes I watch the rerun on Monday morning or something like that if I'm too stressed about my own sermon or something like that. Um, so I, I watch it online, and, and I'll be honest with you guys, I love watching it online. It's a great tool for me to at least get a sermon and worship in, right, even if I can't make it there physically. It's a great tool. It's awesome. I love it, but... Coming here to church is such a different experience, such a different experience. I actually remember um, I had been watching it online for such a long time um, that when we came one day, Tatiana was like, wow, it's like I'm like starstruck being here, right? Pastor Chuck is on the screen all the time, and now I'm seeing it in person. It's like such a, a starstruck event, and it's like so funny because it's like my dad, right? So, <laughs> but, but it's different, right? Tatiana, you said that, right? I'm not just... I didn't just have a dream about that. Okay. <laughs> I have weird dreams. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, church is way more, I think, way, way more than just watching a sermon or just the worship. It's, it's way more. If we, let's just read the passage again. I'm just going to read it out of my Bible because that thing's confusing me. All right. Uh, Hebrews 20, uh, 10, verse 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. What is the emphasis here? What is the reason we meet together in this passage? Is it to hear a sermon? To encourage one another, to encourage one another, to stir each other up to love and good works. If you're just coming to church to hear a sermon, you may as well not show up at all. You could just watch it online. Watch it. You, you have an entire catalog on the Internet of sermons by preachers who are better than Chuck. I know that sounds like impossible, impossible to imagine for some of you guys. You can go on YouTube. What, do you, what pastors do you guys like? Do you like Billy Graham? Right? You can watch all of Billy Graham's sermons on YouTube right now if you wanted to. You don't have to be here. right? If you're, if you're home just uh, watching on Zoom, you don't even have to watch our service. You can watch Billy Graham. right? You can watch whoever you want because you have the Internet at your disposal. So 
it's not just going to church is not just about a sermon, right? There are pastors who are a million times better than me at preaching, a million times better than Chuck at preaching. That's just it's a, just a fact, okay? Uh, it's just how it is. The sermon should not be the only reason you come to church. It's not just to learn about the Bible. Even like Bible studies, for example, like you meet together at a Bible study and, and you know, you're going to study the Bible, right, as the name implies. But it's way more than just a Bible study, right? When you go to a Bible study, it's like you're going to learn, yes, but you're also going for the encouragement, for the fellowship. I think the fellowship is the key here, right? As we, as a body of Christ, meet together, when we meet together, you're getting so much more out of the experience of going to church or Bible study or whatever fellowship you're going to. You're getting so much more out of it than if you just watched it online. Because when you go to church and you're fellowshipping, you get that encouragement. You get the stirring each other up to love and good works. You get the things that you don't get online, right? That's what we want to do. So the, the whole point of church is to stir each other up, to encourage one another, to love and good works, right? And that's really hard to do if you're not there. It's really, really hard to do. Um, just like when you're watching the Super Bowl, right? When you're watching the Super Bowl and, you know, you want, you're like cheering at the screen, right? You're cheering at the screen. Can anybody hear your encouraging cheers when you're at home alone? No, right? Absolutely not. They can't. And it's the same thing, you know, when you're at home. Like the things you have to say to people, the things you want to encourage people with or whatever you're doing is, is, is impossible if you're not there. You know, maybe you can send someone a text, but even a text doesn't really do it, right? Like being there in person and giving someone an encouragement, right? We want to be there. We want to be together. The fellowship of believers, right? Where two or three are gathered, right? This is what we want to do. Now, there's a movie. I think I, I might have talked about this in my last sermon, so I guess it happened again. Have you guys ever seen It's a Wonderful Life? Did I mention this in my last sermon? I feel like I did. Yeah, Paul. Paul makes us watch It's a Wonderful Life every year uh, at Christmas, right? Now, I missed it this year. I love the movie. Don't get me wrong. I used to hate it when I was a kid, but now as I get older and I watch it every year, I actually really like the movie. I really like it. In fact, I watched it because I couldn't watch it with Pa and the family this year because of the kids, you know, how that goes. Um, I watched it at home with Tatiana. She had never seen the movie before. So, <laughs> yeah. <gasps> Gasp. Yeah. Um, yeah, because she'd never seen it before. And Tatiana, did you like the movie? She loved it. Okay. So she loved it. I think she cried. It was hilarious. It's a common theme with Tatiana. <laughs> She's very emotional. Very emotional. I always say Tatiana experiences a, a full range of emotions. <laughs> I've got like two and she's got a full range. Right? Okay. Um, so she was crying. You know, it's a great movie. You know, it makes me teary-eyed, right? It's great. It's great. The movie's awesome, right? But what happens in the movie? What, so you got the main character, George Bailey, right? George Bailey. And George Bailey is going through a tough time, right? Now he goes through his whole life and then he gets to this really tough time in his life where he's considering killing himself, throwing his life away, as the angel says, throwing away God's greatest gift, his life. All right, so he, I know all the words to, this, to the movie. Um, so he's, he's tempted to, to throw himself into an icy river off a bridge, right, to kill himself. And, and just before he does that, an angel sent down to save him, and the angel saves him by jumping into the river himself so that George Bailey will save him rather than kill himself, right? So this is the whole thing. And then George Bailey, as they're warming up by the by the fire in the in the bridge uh, building, I don't know what they call those things. They're before my time uh, in the bridge building, the drawbridge, whatever. Um, he he says something along the lines of, "I wish I had never been born." And 
And the, the angel is like, oh, you should never wish such a thing. But, oh, wait, that's a good idea. And then he does it, right? So he, he grants George Bailey's wish of showing him what the world would be like if he wasn't there. If he wasn't there, okay? So he grants this wish. And when you go into the flashback, right, or whatever you want to call it, the alternate reality, the world is so different because you see all of the things that George Bailey had a hand in in preserving and saving people and and getting them out of the slums and building them nice houses and, and all these great things that George Bailey had done and all the impact that he had in his life. And And this is what I want for you guys. I want you guys to have a life like George Bailey, where you don't just like show up to church and you just kind of like sit there and you, you just spectate. And then when the service is over, you get up and you leave and you didn't really interact with anybody. You just kind of showed up and you didn't do anything. This is, this would be uh, an ineffective life at church, right? This would be an ineffective life at church. And this is a problem I think in America, especially, right? Because in America, we have a consumer culture. We love consuming. We buy things all the time. We watch all sorts of things, right? We love to consume. And we, we treat church almost like it's the Super Bowl, right? Where we're just sitting at home watching, and it's like a spectator event. You just sit and you spectate, and when the event and the show is over, you stand up, you turn off the TV, and it's over. And a lot of people do this even when they're here, right? You come, you sit, you listen, you listen to the worship. Uh, maybe you skip the worship, um, which is a tragedy, right? You, you come in late and you miss the worship. But, but this is not good, right? If you are treating church like a spectator event, you are missing out on so much that the church actually has to offer. It is so important that when you go to church, it's not all take, take, take. You shouldn't just be sitting here taking, 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 right? You should go to church thinking, how can I give? How can I do my part in the body of Christ, right? We all are part of the body of Christ. If you are a born-again believer, you got the Holy Spirit in you, you are part of the body of Christ, and you have a mission. You have a, a gift from the Holy Spirit. And as the body should do, we all play our part in that role. So if you have the gift of encouragement, you have to go to church. You have to, so that you can encourage people, just like this verse says, okay? You need to do that. Just uh, last time I was over here preaching, Tatiana was having a, a really tough time with something, and my gift is not encouragement or, <laughs> or support or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Let's just say I'm not that empathetic sometimes. <laughs> okay? um, so I, I struggle in that department. So we were having a really tough time. Tatiana is having a really tough time. And, and we came to church, right? And there are a lot of people in here who definitely have the gift of encouragement. Because after church, Tatiana was telling me, oh, my goodness, I... I talked to Chuck Harrison, and, and he, just, he just listened and gave me such, such warm, warm advice, and he just listened to what I had to say. And, and then, oh, I talked to uh, Aunt Gwen, and she just listened and, and just encouraged me in such great ways, and I just felt so encouraged after going to church, right? Now, what would happen, let's say, we went to church that day, you know, we did our thing, and Chuck Harrison and Aunt Gwen weren't there. Is she going to get what she needs at church if they're not there, right? It would be like George Bailey never being born, right? Never showed up. They weren't there. So the encouragement that Tatiana needed when when coming into church, she didn't get it. And now she's leaving church basically the same way she walked in. 
There were no healing hands for her to to help her through what was going on in, in her life, right? That is what we should be thinking about when we wake up in the morning on Sunday morning. We shouldn't be thinking, how can I go to church and take, take, take? How can I go to church and just sit there and spectate? Church is not a spectator event. We need to go to church with a mission. Figure out what your gift is. Pray about what your gift is. Am I a really good encourager? Am I someone who's really good at service? Am I someone who's good with tech? Can I help with the tech team? Right? This is what we should be doing when we go to church. Am I good at, at worship? You guys have a great worship pastor here. I, I love coming for the worship. I, I love the songs you guys sing. I love the energy that's in here. I love it. Right? Think about what your gifts are so that you can go to church and serve. Christ said, I did not come to earth to be served, but to serve. And we are supposed to be in the image of Christ. So if we go to church and we're all like, how can the church serve me today? That's the wrong mentality. We should be going to church with how can I serve others? Think about it. Are you an encourager? Are you a service guy? Are you good at encouraging one another to love and good works, stirring each other up, exhorting one another? Think about what you ought to be doing at church and do it. Go to church with a mission. And that's really hard to do if you're home watching it on Zoom. That's really hard to do. So think about it. Now, to really drive this home, a lot of us feel like if we didn't show up to church, we, we you know, wouldn't be missed, right? And this is not what I want. Like, imagine if George Bailey got his wish to see the world without him, right? Imagine that. And then, you know, the angel shows him the alternate reality and everything's like exactly the same, right? Wouldn't that just be like depressing? He'd come out of that little like thing and he'd probably jump off the bridge, right? That'd be terrible, right? He, he needed to see the impact that he had at, in, in his community, in his town. And this is what I'm trying to encourage you guys to do. Now, imagine, imagine today um, that I didn't show up, that no one's here to preach, Right? No, uh, no one came in, Chuck, he didn't show up, or I didn't show up. No one's here to preach, right? We would finish the worship, right? And then what would happen? Nothing. Nobody would be here to, to get up here and to give a sermon. Now, what would most of you guys do in that moment? What would you do? Just think about it. What would most of you guys do? What would you say? Look around, yeah, it'd be really awkward, right? It'd be really weird. Like the worship ends and the, the lights come on and, and you're all just sitting there like staring at nothing, right? What would everyone do? You know, you know what, you might sit there for a few minutes and just kind of like, be like, what's going on around here? And then you'd probably just get up and leave, right? Most people, I think, would get up and leave. And the reason why I think that, the reason why I think most people would just get up and leave is because that is how most churches operate. Pretty much every church I go into operates this way. The service is all about the sermon, and that's basically it. A lot of people, they show up late for the worship, which I think is one of the most important parts of a church service, is the worship. Getting there on time, being there for the worship, the worship gets our hearts in the right place, gets our minds in the right place, it gets us ready to hear the word, it gets us ready. It's, it's so important, right? It, this, people will show up late, and then right when the sermon ends, you know, maybe even before the pastor's done preaching, some people are sneaking out the back already, right? They're already on their way out. So it's like when the sermon's over, if nobody's here to preach, you know, chances are they're going to be gone already, right? There's no one here. This is what I came for. I came to take, take, take. So since I can't take anything, I guess I should just go, right? Now, okay, 
I, I personally hate preaching this type of sermon. My dad made me do it, okay? He made me do it. So if you guys think that I'm just kind of like throwing punches and beating you guys up, don't worry. I'm going to get to the encouraging part, right? This, the passage says we're supposed to encourage each other, right, to love and good works, right? So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to encourage you. So bear with me while the punches are going out, okay? Um, I'm going to change my tone very soon. But the meeting together of believers is so, so important, right? Because if you go to church and you're just on fire for serving and for giving out to others, then when you're missing from the church service, it will be as if the pastor is missing. People will notice that you're not there. I, that's what I want for you guys. I want you guys to have the George Bailey life where, where everything is different when you're not at church. I want you to come to church and just be so good at encouraging people that when you're not there, people are like, I came to church to get some Chuck Harrison encouragement and I didn't get it today, right? I need to call Chuck on the phone and see, Chuck, why weren't you at church today? Why weren't you there? I needed some encouragement today. Where were you? This is what I want for you. I want people to know your name. I want people to know who you are. I want people to know that you're just so good at encouraging. You're just so good at building up and exhorting it. And also, I want you to be like that. I don't want you to have a church experience where if you weren't there, nobody would notice. That would be devastating. That would be devastating. Make a difference in your body of Christ that you are in. Make a difference. The meeting together of believers is so important. It's so important. Early church father, Justin Martyr, he writes in the you know, first, second century. One of the, he, he describes one of the earliest church services that we have recorded. One of the earliest, okay? So if you don't know, back in the Roman Empire, they didn't have a seven-day work week. They did not respect the, the Jewish Sabbath. So a lot of people, they would work like 10 days in a row, and then they'd get an off day where they could go do whatever they wanted. So a lot of people would have to miss the church service because they were slaves and they couldn't just leave, right? So they, they had to get to church kind of whenever they could. So in the early church, what would happen is after the, the gathering of believers, what they would do, because they knew how important fellowship was, they would take the deacons, right, the deacons, they probably had a ton of them, they would give the deacons the communion bread and the communion wine, and then they would send them out to the people who couldn't make it to church that day. They would send them out and be like, go, go find them. Give them the communion because this is our fellowship. This is what we are here for. We're here to, to share Christ with people. If they can't make it to church, we're going out to them. We're taking church to them, right? This is how important the early church saw meeting together. They knew that if someone was alone and they couldn't make it, that they needed to make every effort to give that person fellowship because they didn't have Zoom. They didn't have live streams. This is how important it was for them to worship and to fellowship. So, just keep that in mind, right? Keep that in mind as we're going forward, that, that this fellowship thing to the early church is so important. And with that, let's turn to our next passage, Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. <clears throat> this is how the verse goes. And they devoted, the, oh, this is early church, by the way. This is right as the first, the Holy Spirit is just given. This is how the church operated at the very beginning. This is it. Verse 42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. 
Um, they having favor with all people. Oh, wait, I missed. I'm sorry. They receive their food uh, with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So you see verse 46, day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. Every day they're getting together. Every single day. Church is just, it's not just a one day thing for them. Right, okay, so there are some people who will say something along the lines of, you don't need to go to church because the church is wherever the believers are. And that's true. But the church building is where all the believers get together, right? That's where it's supposed to be, right? They met at the temple. And what's the temple to them? It's like church, right? It's the place where all the believers gathered was the temple. So they went there on their Sabbath, which was the Sunday, not the Saturday. The Saturday was for the, the, the Jews, and the, the Sunday was where all of the Messianic Jews or the, the people who had converted to Christianity would go because they weren't really allowed to go on Saturday. So they would go on their own day. So this is why we worship on Sunday, not Saturday. So this is, this is what they do. On one day of the week, all the believers that could would get together at the temple. And then it also says, and day by day, right, breaking bread in their homes. So it's more than just a one-day event. They're getting together all the time. Now, at my church, we have two guys, two young adults, who get together almost every day, every day. And it's kind of against their will in some ways because they joke about how they're sick of seeing each other, right? So it's Daibo and Andrew, Daibo and Andrew. They, they meet together all the time, right, because they just go to the same event. So on Tuesday, we have our Bible study at our house. They both come to that. On Wednesday, they both do an online Bible study with people all over America, all right? And that's what they do together on Wednesday nights. Then Thursday, I guess they get a night off. Then on Friday, we have youth group where they both show up. Then on Saturday, we usually have an event where they usually will both show up. And then on Sunday, we have church where they both show up. And they meet together so much that I say they're like, they're like a married couple, right? They just are always like bickering and whatever, and they're always like joking about how they don't even need to ask how each other are doing because they're always together, right? They always know what each other are doing. So like this is the way it is. They're almost getting sick of each other, right? They're getting sick of the fellowship. And I think that that's great. I think that that is wonderful, right? You should be getting sick of seeing other Christians because Getting sick of seeing other Christians is way, way better than feeling sick from never seeing Christians. I have gone through periods in my life where I never had fellowship. I was just completely alone. And I got to say, those are the worst, worst times. They are the worst. When you feel like you are starved of Christian fellowship, devastating. It's a devastating feeling, right? I remember when Tatiana and I were on the Appalachian Trail. We went two, three weeks or something without going to church, and then Tatiana's knee started having trouble, so we had to camp out in one of the towns, and, and it was Sunday, and we're like, let's go to church. We haven't been to church in like two or three weeks. I'm feeling like kind of beat up by the world right now. We need to get into church. So we went into this random church, this like Anglican church that was just on the, on the hill, right? And we just went there because it was the only church that we knew about in the whole area, and we went there, and it was awesome, right? The service was awesome. The people were awesome. They were so loving and, and caring and the, encouraging, right? Uh, they prayed for us. They prayed for Tatiana's knee. They, it was just uh, this great thing that we had to go to their church and to feel the fellowship and encouragement with believers, right? And, of course, Tatiana cried during the worship. Um, it's just how it goes, yeah. <laughs> I know. I love picking on her for that. 
But um, it's funny. It is funny. <laughs> I just like we're singing like I think we were singing. Was it Revelation song or something? Oh, Days of Elijah. Days of Elijah. They were singing Days of Elijah, and you know everyone's like clapping and like going like this and whatever because down south, right? Um, not like us up here. We're like this when we worship, right? <laughs> so maybe get some movement, you know, guys. It's okay to like bob around and you know do a little bit. Raise your hands. I know some of you guys raise your hands, but come on, get get moving a little bit, right? Uh, so, and we're like singing and stuff, and I I'm like singing, I'm like focused on the worship, and I just look over and talk to you. I was like, oh. <laughs> It is so funny. Oh, my goodness. I know, I know. Oh, my goodness. Um, I know, I know. Don't worry about it. I'll deal with that myself. Oh, my goodness. Uh, she, I, I told her I was going to make fun of her, so she knew this was coming. Um, yeah, so so the it was just so refreshing after being in the world, right, and getting just beat up, right, because you're out in the world, and, and you know, at, when you're in the world, right, you're a sinful person, right? So you say things you might not, you, you probably shouldn't have said, and, and other people are sinful, so they say things they shouldn't say, and they do things they shouldn't do, and, and just being in an environment where it's just constantly just kind of getting, like, beat up by, like, by, by sinful people, and you're sinful, so you make mistakes, right? Everyone's making mistakes, so we're all just kind of like getting beat up out in the world, right? And when you're out in the world, and you're getting constantly beat up, and then you never have fellowship. You never get built back up. You never get exhorted. You're never getting built up with our words like we're, we're commanded to do in the Bible, right? We're never getting built up. We're always getting beat down, and, and it's just so easy in, in that time of getting beat up to just feel so discouraged, and it's just so, ah, just so like, I need encouragement right now. I see someone to encourage me. Can someone with the Holy Spirit just get over here and give me some some words of encouragement please please right that's how it starts to feel so after we went to that church we just felt so energized again so ready to go back out into the world right and this is like a really old saying you guys have probably heard it a million times but I'll say it again because I think it's really good the church is not a museum of saints it's a hospital for sinners right it's a hospital for sinners. We are all sinners. We're not saints. If you come in here and you think, okay, we are saints. The Bible says we're saints. But we're not like saints in like the worldly definition of saints, right? We, we're saints in, yeah, okay. I don't feel like getting that. We're, um, we are all sinners, right? So when we come in to church, we have to know that everyone we interact with is also a sinner, okay? So we all just got done getting beat up out in the world, and it's time to come in the church and get the healing hands of Christ, Right. Get the healing hands, just like Tatiana, when she came in just the other week and, and Chuck and Aunt Gwen gave her. I call her Aunt Gwen. Gwen, uh, Gwen gave her encouragement. It was just so uplifting for her. Right. That, that is what people should be getting in church. Go to church hoping and praying for the healing hands of Christ to give you the encouragement and the building up that you need so that when you come out of the hospital, you're ready to go back into the world for a week so you can come right back in. Okay, this is what we ought to be doing. Now, another, uh, I'll I'll skip that. I'll go to a different part. Okay, now, um, this idea of encouragement, it requires something, right? Because let's say Tatiana came into church the other day, and she just put on her her church face, big smile, didn't um, show that she was having a problem, just kind of pretended like everything's fine. 
put on, like, call it the fake face, like the church fake face. Everyone's got one. You come into church, you got a big smile. Everything's great. My life's awesome. I'm perfect. I'm a saint, right? This is how so many people act in church, right? So if you go to church every week acting like that, then no one's going to know that you need encouragement. No one's going to know. Now, I'm not saying you should come to church every week and just kind of be like spouting all of your deep problems to people, like everyone that you interact with, because, you know, share it with people that you trust and people that you can, that know, you know, and won't be sharing your, your like deep, dark secrets with other people. But come to church and, and express to people who you know care about you and want to build you up, express to them, yeah, I, I'm actually having a pretty, I'm having a pretty hard time right now. And I need some encouragement. I need some help. I need some prayer. Help me. Uh, give me give me some kind of encouragement because I need it. So this requires us to have honesty, honesty. And this may be another American problem because a lot of the times when we don't want to show other people our problems, it's kind of a sense of pride. We don't want people to know that we're weak. We don't want people to know that we need help. So we come into church and we're, we have all this pride and all the all our big smiles and stuff, and, and we're really just hurting inside, and we need the healing hands of Christ, but we just, we don't, we're not getting them because we're not telling people that we need help, right? Tatiana could have came in and just pretended like everything was fine, and she would have not gotten any encouragement, right? So this is why we need to come in the church and be honest, be honest. Don't just pretend like everything is fine. Come in with humility, humility, knowing that you need help. That's what the church is. It's a hospital for sinners. We need that. Okay, another side point. Now, uh, let's go back to the Acts uh, chapter 2 passage. And this is um, <clears throat> something that I wish the church in America would do more. Uh, just verse uh, <clears throat> uh, 46 again. And day by day, attending the temple gatherings and the breaking of bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. I, I wish personally that the church here would get together more and longer, more and longer. When I was a, a missionary in the Philippines, you get to church at like 9, 9.30, and you're there until 5 p.m. You're there all day. Everyone's there all day because it's a time of fellowship. It's like a day-long event. Most people, the second they walk in the door, they're already looking at the clock and when they can leave, right? They, they, they at, in the Philippines, they, they treat church like an all-day event because that's what it is. It's an all-day event of fellowship, of getting together of believers. The sermon's only like an hour, right? The worship service may be an hour and a half. The rest of it is just us hanging out, playing basketball, talking, joking around, doing whatever we do as the fellowship of believers, and I'm so thankful that at the, at the church right now that we're at, after church we have dinner, and, and after that we just go play games and, and like play ping pong or whatever we're doing. We hang out for a really, really long time, so much so that you know the, the parents are like waiting outside of the, the room waiting for us to come out so that they can go home, right? <laughs> just the other day, right, I, I left our, our little worship room. We have our own room. I left the room, and I come outside, and all the parents are just kind of standing there like, lo- like looking at the door, and I'm like, Hey guys, like you could have came in, right? You don't have to wait here, but they're just waiting for their kids to be ready to go, ready to leave because the kids, they love hanging out. They love the fellowship of being together, right? This is what I want in churches. I want churches to be day long events, you know, maybe not every Sunday, but just day long events, get together as often as possible. And for as long as possible, because the longer you're together with believers, the more energized you're going to be going into your week, right? So get together often and get together for a long time. And these are the primary things that I wanted to share 
today. Make sure you get to church on Sunday so that you can be with the body of Christ. Make sure that you're there so that you can be a servant while you're there and not someone who just takes. Be someone who shows up, not just watching on Zoom. Zoom is a great tool sometimes. But if you're just missing church because you want to stay in your PJs and vacuum or something, that's not a good reason to skip church. What's more important, staying in your PJs and vacuuming or going to church and changing someone's life? Right? Go to church with a mission. Go to church ready to encourage someone. So when I finish the sermon today and he goes over here to worship and that ends, I don't want everyone just leaving. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. If you have somewhere to be, you know, I get it. But, uh, <laughs> but think about it, right? You guys should be thinking right now, how, who am I going to encourage today? Who am I going to encourage? And, and are you going to be like, am I going to be honest enough to tell people that I need encouragement, right? Think about this today. Don't just hear the sermon and, and just hear it and then nothing changes. I want things to change. I want people to feel energized at church. Church should not be a burden. It should be the place you go to recharge your batteries, right? It should be the place where you go to be filled again. Oh, my goodness, the worship, it just fills me up, and now I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go into my next week, right? This is what we should be doing at church. Now, I told you guys I was going to encourage you. I told you I would. So let's go back to Hebrews um, chapter 10. I hope that stuff was somewhat encouraging, too. But what are we to encourage each other with? What are we to encourage each other with? Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more, as you see the day drawing near. Life's hard, guys. Life's hard. You get beat up in the world. You get knocked down. All these terrible things happen, and, and you just, you know, it's hard. So how do we encourage each other? As Christians, as believers, what do we encourage each other with? There are so many super encouraging passages in the Bible. God telling us what he is going to do, what he's going to do. And what is the day that's drawing near here in the passage? What is that day? Jesus' return. Jesus is coming back. This is so encouraging, right? The amount of terrible things that you see on the news and terrible things that are going on in the world, it's just like such a relief to just be like, wow, this is awful but at least jesus is coming back soon right this is so encouraging i just love that i love that jesus is coming back soon to end all this misery he'll wipe away all of our tears from our eyes it'll just be great right new heaven new earth no more sin no more death his light will just radiate all things will just be constantly in his presence this is great i can't wait for this i can't wait for this 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 is one of the things that we're supposed to encourage each other with and I mean, we can just encourage each other with Christ that, that when, when we make mistakes in life, and this is usually what happens, we, we either make mistakes or other people wrong us or something, and we sin and we, we do all these things that we're not supposed to do, and, and we feel really discouraged in, in these things. We can encourage each other with the gospel. I think the gospel is just so encouraging, just knowing that that. God's son died on a cross for my sins. Even though, even though I was an enemy of Christ, he died for me anyway so that I can be reconciled to God. I now have a mediator between me, me and God so that on the day of judgment that I, he will not see my sin anymore. He will forget our sins, cast them as far as the east is from the west. You guys remember that from last time? He, he, he doesn't remember our sins anymore. And, and it's just so encouraging to know that we have a savior who died on a cross for our sins so that we could be saved. That is so encouraging to me. So 
no matter how many times I mess up in this world and how many times I'm discouraged because I'm not that great of a person sometimes, no matter how many times I mess up, I can always be encouraged knowing that Christ died for me anyway. That he takes all of my mistakes and he throws them away. I can't wait for, for me to stop making mistakes. I can't wait for other people to stop making mistakes because that will be the day. That will be the day that we finally have rest. Jesus says, like, come to me all who are weary right, and heavy burden, and I will give you rest. Who here, who here is hearing anyone say rest anymore? Everyone's always like, work, work, work. We always got to work. We always got something to do. No one's ever saying, hey, maybe you should just, just rest. Give me the burden. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll give you rest. My yoke is light. It's light. Oh, take that sin off your shoulders. I'm taking it away. I'm throwing it away. It's gone. Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you rest. And that's some encouragement right there. We need that rest. We need to know that Jesus is there for us. He is the one who encourages us ultimately. It's his healing hands, right? We are the body of Christ. He uses other people. We are the body. We are the body of Christ. Think about it. You may be the healing hands at church who someone needs to hear some encouragement, some, some Jesus is coming back, some Jesus died for your sins, something like that. They may need to hear it from you. So you need to be there. You need to be there. Don't, don't sit at home in your pajamas and vacuum. Go to church. Go to church. Don't just be a spectator watching the Super Bowl. Don't do it. Go to the Super Bowl. Be there. Be part of the game. Be part of the throw the throw the touchdown pass. I don't know. I don't. I don't watch football. Uh, <laughs> I didn't watch the Super Bowl. Okay, Tatiana's car broke down, so we were outside in the cold that night. But everyone else was inside watching the Super Bowl. No, no cars were on the road. It was great. Um, so yeah, I don't know, guys. I guess I'm done encouraging you. How about you guys just go do it yourselves now? Okay. I'm all done. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So I'm glad I got a few jabs yeah. in on Chuck today. Yeah, yeah, he got me. So I just want to say this. I know some people out there can't get here. You live too far away. You are, you're shut in. Uh, that's okay. That's what this is for. I don't want anybody to feel guilty if you can't get here. You're sick. You're on vacation. Whatever. It's okay. That's, that's what this is for. But if you can get here, we need you. We need you. We, we love to have you here. It's, it's awesome. Um, we just, we just really, I have to tell you when, when we're here and we've got a great group here today, it's just so encouraging. Everybody's encouraging. And, and I know we can't always hang out. We, you know, we rent this for this slot, but you know, get together for lunches and get together, do stuff after that'd be awesome. So, um, thank you, Josh. That was really, really good. Really appreciate it. What if Josh didn't come today? That's right. Thank you. Thank you, Barbara. What if Josh didn't come today? So, uh, Todd, you got a. Oh, yeah, I'll pray, yeah, 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 we'll just pray. Uh, Father, we just pray that you would really speak to our hearts on how we can encourage each other, whether it's uh, here at the service or whether it's after the service, getting together for lunch, inviting someone home, you know, getting together, taking time for each other, whatever it is, looking for people that we can minister to because we all need encouragement, Lord. Just pray for that. And, Lord, if anybody's never put their faith in Jesus, 
As Josh mentioned, Jesus died for our sins and, and has never taken that step. I pray that today would be that day that we pray the prayer of faith that Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. Please forgive me because I'm putting my faith in you. My faith in you. I'm giving my life to you, Jesus. I pray that every one of us would, would pray that prayer of faith and then look forward to Jesus coming. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hope you were encouraged today. Encourage one another. Have a great day and have a great week ahead as well. Thank you.